Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM 87.6, or 88. Right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. Positively different radio in the morning and you are with Lyle and... Renee, I'm back. <laughs> Renee is back and Renee will be back again tomorrow. Renee, we're super glad to have you back. Aww, what are you thankful for this morning, Renee? Well, this morning, I was thinking about this on my drive here, and I was very thankful last night that I played basketball, and I felt very happy afterwards, so... Did you win? No. no. Oh, okay. We lost by 60 points, so we were close, but not. (laughs) 60 points. Yeah, it was embarrassing. (laughs) And you were happy at the end of that? I was very happy, because I was like, man, I, I did that cardio. Um, that's fantastic. That's what I that's, took that's, from that's that. really awesome. I, I thought you would be just going home like um, with a box of tissues after a loss <laughs> like that. Like, what happened to me? No, no. What are you thankful for, Lyle? Uh, moving day. What? Moving day? Yes. Oh, you're moving houses? No. Oh. We're moving rooms inside of our house. Oh. So we finished one room and we're now moving out of the room that we're in into the room that's finished and uh, then starting on the room that we just moved out of. Okay. It's kind of how we're doing a house. We're just doing that one room at a time and sort of shuffling away around the house until uh-huh. eventually it will get done. So you're doing a renovation? We're doing a reno. Oh, okay. Yeah. So my wife is just absolutely amazing. So a big shout out to my <laughs> wife this morning who painted, did an amazing job of painting uh, the whole room, she, the, whole, the whole thing. She, she picked the colours, she did the painting, she the whole bit. What a woman. Absolutely. She has been absolutely working so incredibly hard over the last couple of days uh, getting it all done. And today is the big move. I'm a little bit worried yeah, because she gets a little bit too excited about moving <laughs> because she gets to rearrange. Ah, yes. But that- and there's, you know, sometimes she picks up things that are heavy and moves. Mm. Yeah, so I'm a bit worried about it. Gotcha. But anyway. You're listening to The Breakfast Joe Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. All right. What have we got for positively different news? Well... Uh, first on the list is a story about a, Bendi- a couple from Bendigo who are on a temporary stay visa they give back despite the pandemic. So Malaysians Richard Augustin and Ria Selvaraj first came to Australia three years ago in 2016 seeking asylum in Australia for religious reasons. And so now living in Bendigo, um, they have become dependent on their community groups for food and accommodation. So given that they have a temporary stay visa, this doesn't allow them to work um, and to get work and or to get government funding. Now, the reason why I say this is because especially now during the pandemic, people um, are struggling to get work and are also relying on the government on government funding to get through the pandemic and to sort of, you know, help them in their day to day lives. Um, But people like Richard and Ria, um, who are yeah, who are here in Australia are kind of, they, they don't have that kind of support like, sure. you know, you and I may have. Um, so despite that, they've been looking for ways to still help out in their community, which I think is amazing. Absolutely. Um, they've been looking on, on ways on how to give back. And so, um, you know, just a little bit, a bit of background. When they first came, they, they came to Australia. They stayed over at a, uh, someone's house. And the next day they planned to have an appointment to sort out their visa and everything. But unfortunately, when they woke up that day, um, it said that their appointment was cancelled. So they've been struggling to get a permanent 
um, permanent residents here in Australia. Yeah, and I think there are probably a lot of people are struggling with that, you know, during COVID because everything's kind of slowed down. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. just takes longer to do stuff these days. Yeah, yeah. So you can imagine these these people, they've just, you know, <laughs> they really just need the support. And they're here to really, like, despite their own struggles, they're really wanting to, you know, help out in the community. And they've been doing that um They've been actually, they started a YouTube channel because they enjoy cooking. And so um, they're just bringing their background, what they know about cooking and and um, sharing that with the community. And I think that's really cool. So they've started a YouTube channel called R&R Channel. And I've seen a, a few of their videos. Um, I saw their video, how to make Rice Krispie noodles. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. I want to make that. Um, and what they say is that in this pandemic, the community is in a situation where they can't share things. So we thought we want to share our cooking with our friends and our family. Um, and so they've been making cooking videos a week, once a week, sharing a range of recipes, sometimes filming for hours at a time. Their longest video they took to film was eight hours and they just film on their, um, their normal phone and they just use their little microphone and, um, they get creative. Um, yeah. And that video was chocolate, chocolate chip cookies, which that was, that was a pretty cool video. Um, and you know, I think it's really important. People have been, you know, sharing that. It's really important that we learn from each other's cultural backgrounds. That's what they've been sharing through their videos with the community um, and just reaching out despite not being able to, you know, connect with people in the normal way during the pandemic. So yes. That's pretty cool. That's, that, this is very cool. It's, it's great to see, you know, when something goes bad and people just sort of, you know, they sit down and like, okay, what can we do? What can we contribute to the community? Yeah. And they're just using what they have. Yes. Yes. Just doing what lies nearest. So often, as Christians, we think, "Oh, you know, I've got to do this massive program. We've got to do, you know, just do what lies nearest." Yeah. Just do what lies nearest, and there will be an opportunity for you. If you look for that opportunity, you will find it. Yeah, that's it. More on good news. Actually, not more on good news. Yeah, because we're out of time. We've got very short news segments this morning. We lost uh, a couple of minutes out of our news segments because we have an extra long interview coming up. But you will enjoy enjoy this interview. You're listening to The Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Moving on to news, let's talk about some news stories. Of course, it was uh, congratulations to Zainab. We haven't heard from Zainab for for a while, but it's good to hear from Zainab again, um, who got the first quiz. Great Barrier Reef. Since 1995, how much of the reef do you think we've lost? Uh, I've heard a lot, so maybe like 40%. Yeah, take half of it. 20%? Half. No, half of the reef. (laughs) Half of the Great Barrier Reef has been lost since 1995. Oh, no. And so if you were somebody who went snorkeling or diving on the Great Barrier Reef previous to 1995 and have some great uh, memories of that, those are memories that you need to cherish because you will never have those you will never see those sites again. Hmm. They are you know well we we don't know the future we can't we're not we're not prophets here but according to uh scientific predictions you will never see those sites again. My goodness. They, they they're gone for gone for good. Um this was according to research that was just been published by the James Cook University and does not account for the reef loss that we suffered in uh, the summer of 2020, those stats obviously won't be available as a part of that research until the end of 2020, but the majority of the damage was done during the summer months, and so it could be accounted for. So it's significantly, we know it is significantly more than half of the reef that has been lost, uh, but up until 
um, last year. That was that was what most of the reef was, reef was lost in 2016, 2017. Uh, this, of course, is due to just slight temperature increases. We, we don't realise just how fragile some of these environments are. The temperature goes up by just a little bit and it just absolutely devastates the uh, coral on the reef. Um, ScoMo, of course, has pledged $1.9 billion into uh, researching the Great Barrier Reef. Of course, back in the day when we used to have tourism, uh, that was one of our biggest tourist earners was the Great Barrier Reef and it would be, well, it would be just devastating to lose it. You know, it's yeah. just such a unique environment in the world. There's nothing that comes even close to it. Mm. We've lost half of it so far. They're predicting that it will take somewhere between 10 to 20 years to lose the rest. Mm. So it's really, really uh, just, it's just gutting to even think about it. Mm. I've, have I've you been? I've been to the Great Barrier Reef a couple of times. Uh, 95, I was probably there in the early 2000s. It's just, just mind-bogglingly spectacular. Yeah. Just there is no pictures that ever do or, or, or documentaries or anything like that that do justice to the, to the spectacular beauty of the reef. And so, yeah, a real tragedy to lose that. Um, I don't know whether it's savable or not, whether we can actually do anything about it or not, but hopefully we can. Okay, I did want to talk about uh, Queensland abortion laws that were changed at the end of 2018. Now we're able to get uh, some research in relationship to what has happened as a result of that change and how many um, unborn children have died as a result. Um, and so back, back then, of course, up to 22 weeks, no questions asked, abortions were allowed. And after 22 weeks, um, a person could have an abortion for any reason up until birth. Um, the doctor merely had to confer with another doctor, either by email, phone or conversation. Uh, so that, uh, that was what came back then, came through back then. Now, where did the rest of... Oh, here we go. Oh, that's, oh yes. Until... Uh, okay, so in the first, in the first 30 weeks of those new laws coming through, in Queensland alone, just so just Queensland where they brought those laws through, there were 5,303 abortions. 35 of those were post-22 weeks. 19 babies survived abortion. Uh, two of those were within the, uh, the post-22-week era. And, of course, the tragedy is that those children are not given medical assistance when they survive. They're basically just, you know, left to die of, I guess you would say, unnatural causes. This is an absolute tragedy. This is a travesty that is taking place in our country. And I know that this is incredibly hard on people, on parents who have had an abortion. And so if this is something that uh, is 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 bothering for you right now. The lifeline number is the number to call, 131114. Do give that phone call a number because we know that um, as a result of abortions, depression is almost 100% amongst women who who uh, go through that procedure. But this is, this is a blot on our society and something we need to do about it, something we need to do something about. This damages the conscience of people who do the abortions as well as the people who have the abortions, and they will struggle with it for the rest of their lives. That's just the simple reality of it. Anyway, let's listen to Lauren Daigle with You Say. 
I keep fighting voices in my mind that say I'm not enough Every single lie that tells me I will never measure up Just the sum of every high and every low Remind me once again just who I am Because I need to know
Welcome back, everybody. You were just listening to a piece of music which was one of the theme songs in a movie that came out last year called Overcomer. And joining us on The Breakfast Show this morning is one of the actors from that movie, Cameron Arnett. Cameron, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate that. Now, Cameron, uh, the movie Overcomer, this is one of the Kendrick Brothers movies. Um, they're kind of, I guess, famous in Christian circles for movies like Courageous, Facing the Giants, Fireproof, War Room. I think a lot of our listeners would have heard of those movies. But we just want to hear a little bit about your story. How did you get started in acting in the first place? Wow. Uh, quite a few years ago. I mean, I was a peanut PR student in college. And um, I answered an ad for, you know, just for, for fun for the summer. And I ended up entering a competition and I won like eight out of 10 competitions. And so I realized that this was something that I had a, a talent for. So I went into it. Um, however, that was more on the secular realm. And so between this now and then, um, I had done a lot of episodics, you know, Doogie Howser and the Star Trek The Next Generation, those kind of things, movie of the weeks. And, um, so I was on, on the road to really, uh, uh, doing well in, uh, Hollywood. And I was, uh, actually doing a movie of the week in Toronto, Canada, when I heard from my manager that they wanted to see me for a television series. And I ended up getting the, the role and it would have been my first, uh, television series with my, you know, for a starring role, that kind of thing. And, uh, as I was about to go do that, I heard the spirit of the Lord say to me, um, that that's not what I, he wanted me to do. Why? Because they had asked me to do partial body nudity. And so when they wanted me to do the whole nudity thing, I said, well, I can't do that because I'm, you know, I'm a Christian. And, uh, the Lord said, no, uh, that's not, that's not what he had for me. Um, but then they said to me that I wouldn't have to do it. They could, they would give me a body double. And so I thought that that was going to be the, the way to, to fulfill it. And then God said, you have to even shun the, the appearance of, uh, the appearance of evil. And so I dropped it and left Hollywood, left the industry, and uh, started two different churches in um, in Atlanta, Georgia. And um, back in 2013 is when God sent me back in to the filmmaking uh, uh, arena, but now only on the Christian side. And it's just been a phenomenal story ever since. That's amazing because we were just looking through your IMD profile, uh, my producer and myself, and we're like, this guy's got a bit of a gap in his, uh, in his profile, and we were wondering whether that gap was a part of your story, and lo and behold, it is. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I mean, uh, uh, I think people, when, I, when they hear the story, you know, it's almost like when you take a look at the Bible, you deal with Abraham, you deal with, with David, and there's a span of time between the promise and the fulfillment. And for me, I didn't even know that I was basically sowing it as a seed. And when I left, I never thought I'd be acting again. And so when I, you know, as far as teaching the word, I, which I love, and, and so I thought that I, I would be doing that from a pulpit perspective behind, you know, uh, the four walls of the church for the rest of my life. And I totally enjoy it. But uh, when God brought me back into the filmmaking on, on the Christian side, I, I almost said, I said no, and I almost didn't want to do it. Um, it was God himself that kind of like uh, uh, really revealed to me that that's, that was the, the, the role that he had for me. And um, so I went to that first audition for the uh, a Christian film. And since I think 2013, I may have done at least 20 films by now. Yeah, that's amazing. And we want to uh, talk about some of those ones, particularly some of the ones that are coming up. Um, particularly want to talk about Overcomer today. Um, 
And uh, as we mentioned earlier, this is one of the Kendrick Brothers movies. Just a quick question. Back in the 1980s, when you first started your career in acting, mm-hmm. was there the opportunity for being involved in Christian films that exist today? Not at all. You know, as a matter of fact, I didn't even know of any of that at the time. You know, um, not that I was concentrating on Christian films at the moment, but, you know, but I was a Christian and I would have definitely loved to do it. You know, now looking back, there were people that were involved, but it was so underground, so unknown, and, and so also very basic of how it was being portrayed. But now it has come full circle, whereas uh, people like the Kendricks, people like the Irwins are at the top of the game, and uh, they're doing excellent work. And sometimes even I, I try to tell Christians, some you know, we have a tendency to compare one with the other when you're talking about the Christian and the secular. But the Christian are doing so much better because they have so much less to do it with. Yes, 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 indeed. And, you know, to be honest, you know, I remember seeing some really basic kind of Christian movies from back in the 1980s. And, you know, when Courageous comes out, I'm like, I don't want to watch that because, you know, I've seen how, how basic they've been in the past, not realizing that, as you say, these guys are really at the top of their game and these are very, yeah. very well put together, um, put together productions. Just a, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess, you know, as an actor today, What's your primary goal when you are, you know, being part part of a movie and you know portraying a particular character? Well, right now, my my main interest is that I get to represent Christ with the gifts and the talents that He gave me to begin with. And so now, everything about a film that I look for is what is it saying about Jesus? How is it leading people to Him? And what kind of truth is it bearing on the hearts and the minds of anybody who will watch? And so I get an opportunity now to be in the midst of, of what I know he's anointed me to do and to know that each and every word, each and every uh, perspective from, from beginning to end is going to bring someone closer to Christ, is going to make someone see how to live the life by watching it on screen. You know, we, we get a, a perspective in when, when we take a look at, at Laban and, and uh, Jacob and that whatever you put before the people is what they become. And so now, because of Christian films, people can actually go to see a movie or, or get it as a DVD, get it on video on demand, whatever, and be transformed by being able to watch uh, Christianity lived out on screen and get an understanding of how to actually apply it in their lives. And that, to me, is a, is a, is a fabulous thing. Yeah, praise God. That's just amazing. I did notice that one of your upcoming roles uh, is a movie called Angels Unaware. Um, uh-huh. And in this one, my understanding is that you've been cast as Lucifer. How does, how does that work and how does that feel? <laughs> I mean, what, what a turn of events, right? From Thomas Hill... To Lucifer, um, you know, what, <laughs> and, and I guess my follow-up what, question you know, is: How do you glorify Christ in that role? And that's exactly, uh, man, good question. Because that's what 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 uh, um, attracted me to play the role is that in the process of the writing, in the process of putting it together, it was collaborative, meaning that the the the, the director, the the uh, the uh, the writers, um, uh, received my input. And, and I have a, a specific goal that I want to do with that role so that Christians can see him for who he truly is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, God, God has, has, when the Bible says that he's four principalities, 
um, within that word means that he divested himself wholly from, which means that what, what the anointed cherub, Lucifer, was, got he, everything that was in him that was anointing, Jesus pulled out of him and he fell to the ground. Yes. And so who he really is now is so uh, minuscule compared to what he was, and he continues to deceive the saints into thinking that he's something that he's not. And so for me, that attracted me because I was going to be, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be able to bring that to bear to light in this, uh, uh, in the series. And so that's how I think God is glorified, but also in the fact that, see, what happens with, 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 uh, Christian filmmaking is regardless of what happens in the middle or, or within the piece, it's what the message of the entire piece is. So if you want to if you want to make a a a film on David's life, we understand there are so many things that David did that were not right, but the the message at the end of it is that God is glorified. Yes, and that's what I look for in everything. So sometimes you may have to play the the character that is evil, but the bottom line is that the story is that is that good triumphs over that evil. And it's impossible and so that in, in the most, say again. Oh, no, you you go you go. No, no, and, and and that's what's important, I think, in, in the Christian uh, filmmaking is that is that the reality of God being Lord and Savior and King is at the is the message throughout. And so, regardless of what happens in between, uh, we understand who wins and who God is, and that we can trust Him, and that He's dependable, and He and He confirms His word. Yes, I was just going to, to to comment there that it's you know it's impossible to tell the story of how good Jesus is without actually you know telling the story of the bad things that have happened here on this earth and behind the scenes, you know, with Satan and his angels and their involvement as well. Um, so it's it's an integral part of the story. It's just a necessary part of the story. You can't, you can't do it. Yeah, let's let's move on to. Sorry, go ahead. Now, I was going to say that's also part of what has made people in the past not like to see Christian films because sometimes we don't want to show the, the dark and the evil side that, that Christ triumphs over. We just want to start off as if nobody ever did anything wrong. And so now people that are in the world are able to see the whole gamut and see themselves, find themselves in the story, and then understand now how to find that redemption. Yes, absolutely. While we take a quick break, let's listen to one of your key scenes from the movie that presents a pivotal point in this uh, presentation. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Sean, if I asked you who you are, what's the first thing that comes to mind? I'm a basketball coach. And if that's stripped away? Well, I'm also a history teacher. Okay. We take that away. Who are you? Well, I'm a husband. I'm a father. And God forbid that should ever change. But if it does, who are you? I don't understand this game. It's not a game, man. Who are you? Um, I'm a white American male. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's for sure. <laughs> Is there anything else? Well, I'm a Christian. And what's that mean? It means follower of Christ. And how important is that? 
Very important. Interesting. Highest so far down your list. Okay, wait a minute. I could have easily said Christian first. Uh, yeah, but you didn't. Look, John. Your identity will be tied to whatever you give your heart to. Doesn't sound like the Lord asked first place. You're calling me a bad Christian? Let me be a little direct. Last time you were here, you said you'd pray for me. Did you? No. No. For someone who knows the Lord, you're acting like somebody who doesn't. Which makes me wonder. What have you allowed to define you? When you lost your team, it didn't just disappoint you. It devastated you. Something or someone will have first place in your heart. When you find your identity in the one who created you, it'll change your whole perspective. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Uh, Cameron, I want to move on to your latest role in the movie Overcomer. Uh, and mm-hmm. I'm just wondering whether you can give us a, a, just a, a brief rundown without too many spoilers um, of what is taking place. And then I want to spend a little bit of time exploring some of the themes that come out of this movie. So here you're cast as the father of a troubled child. Um, there is mm-hmm. a coach who has lost his team. Just give us a little bit of a, uh, a, a brief synopsis of Overcomer. Well, you know, you find this character by the name of Thomas Hill who has gone through all of the gamut of, of, of whether you're talking about drug dealing, whether you're talking about abuser, all the above, and has had such a checkered past uh, that nobody, that everybody wrote him out and he wrote himself out. But in the midst of that, losing his sight, losing uh, his, his, his health, uh, he uh, ran into the only person that could make a difference, that's Jesus Christ. And it shows that in the, in the midst of all of his issues, what him having his identity in Christ did to his life in that while he is uh, um, in dire straits, he's in the hospital, you name it, but he's the only one that has life that can change anybody's life. And we see that in the process of, 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 of John, which is um, uh, Alex Kendrick's character, meeting him and everything else. And, and within that, um, God gives him the opportunity to uh, overcome and to, and to meet and to, to be a part of um, his daughter's life, which, you know, at the end of his days ends up being part of the most beautiful thing within the story of God's redemption and how God can bring back and, 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 and take out of the, 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 the muck and the mire of, of that we created out of, out of our lives into something that is still redemptive, something that is still beautiful and that gives life even at the end. It's almost like a Samson perspective, you know, whereas, at, at the very end of his life, even though he had messed up, he was still able to find one moment where he glorified God and that changed the trajectory of the life of a whole bunch of people. And that's what you find in Thomas Hill, and that's what you find in his daughter. 
Yes, and really this covers the last uh, six weeks of Thomas Hill's life, I think it is. And uh, Correct. Just, just one curious question from an acting perspective. How challenging was it to engage with your audience when your entire role is, for the entire movie, is, is, is acted from a hospital bed? Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, I get that question all the time because, you know, you, you, I wasn't allowed to really to move uh, because of the, the state of the affairs of the character. And, um, of course, by the time that, you know, we meet Thomas in the hospital, he's blind. And so, you know, uh, being in, in the bed and also being blind and not being able to react or or uh, to, uh, have a, uh, a, a rational perspective of seeing the people within the room and that kind of thing was the challenge, you know. And I, I did a lot of, of, of practicing, uh, researching and um, attempting to, to play it in real life. Uh, and my wife and I would go to the airport and, you know, we, when we travel and I'd act like I was blind even at the airport to see if if I could pull it off. And um, so there was a lot of places that I would do that. And um, so, you know, it, it took time, but, you know, I, again, it, it's really uh, the anointing of God that shows up that enables you to do any of that. And so I drew a lot on, on just knowing that, that God has anointed me and God has called me. And so I committed to it. And, and um, the best, you know, review that I got was from a um, nurse who worked with the blind and she said, man, I thought, you know, I was going to tell the, the Kendrick brothers uh, how much I appreciate the fact that they found a blind person to play this role. And so um, she actually thought that I was, and being that she works with the blind all the time, to me that that was the, the greatest review I could get. Yeah, absolutely. I, can, I, I honestly felt the same when it, when it first started off. I'm like, okay, I know this guy. I spoke to him yesterday. Um, I'm pretty sure he's not actually blind, but I'm, I'm, suddenly, I'm suddenly feeling a little bit unsure about that. Um, <laughs> The, the probably the most pivotal point in the movie for me, uh, you know, just exploring some of the major themes, was when from the hospital bed, you challenge uh, John Harrison, the coach, on his mm-hmm. identity, and when you yeah. do that, it comes across as being so real. I guess the question that goes through my mind is, were you ever yourself in a? Was this something that was real for you in your past experience? Have you been? Where John Harrison was, as kind of well, I think I think I think we all have though. You know, I mean, when, when we get born again, there is that euphoria that is there is that the the, the sky is, is bluer, the grass is greener, and we get through this incubation stage as a babe with God. But then, as we begin to matriculate through the process of church and and life, you know, we we uh, have a tendency to um, um, kind of muddle through. You know, and uh, uh, I think sometimes when we get around also the religious side of, of Christianity, it kind of waters down the, um, the the total impact that we first had with God. And I think we all muddle through, whether it's career, whether it's anything else that we, we do, um, that we find ourselves that that's where our identity comes from. When you ask somebody how they're doing, they tell you, you know, what work they've been doing, especially with men. And so, um, yeah, I think we've all been there. And I, especially in, in the question that, that is posed, you know, you said that you would pray for me. Mm. And, and I think a lot of Christians find themselves, you know, saying one thing and doing another or, or forgetting or not being as committed to uh, their promises or to their word. And for me, one of the things that because of that in my past, in my past life, one of the things that I had always committed to was when people asked me to pray, to pray right then and there. 
because I know that that's also kind of the, the possibility is just forgetting and just moving on to something else. And so I had changed that in my life. So it was very real to me because it was something that I had already changed because of it um, being a, a, a circumstance of the reality of, I think, a, a Christian's life is that sometimes we, we let people down by not keeping our word. And so when that happens and it begins to hurt you, it's because God is convicting you. And so um, that, that made the question very real to me. Absolutely, I, I, it was an it was an amazing scene and one of the most pivotal scenes in the in the whole movie. There's also, I, I guess, just exploring that uh, that whole identity scene because, of course, you know, Coach Harrison he finds his identity in the fact that he's a coach, and you know, it's like, well, what happens if that disappears? Um, which you know, mm-hmm. us as men, we find our identity in what we do, but then it moves on to yeah. uh, the runner that he is, uh, the, the cross country runner that he's coaching, who mm-hmm. kind of has no mm-hmm. identity. One of the one of the I guess the more subtle identity theme that I saw coming through was with the grandmother, and when you mm-hmm. come into the picture as the father who hasn't been in the picture for a long time, it comes across yeah. to me that she is threatened with losing her identity as a mother to this girl because now this girl has a father in the scene. Is that an intentional? I mean, to me that was a a very powerful but very subtle. Um, commentary on this whole identity theme uh, was that something that was intentionally a part of the movie? Well, you know, yes, in a sense of this, Alex Kendrick is, you know, both he and Stephen are phenomenal storytellers. They're great writers. They um, they're very uh, illustrative um, within the writing, and so um, what they put together was so well knitted um, that every, you know, one of the things that I say to people all the time: if you watch this movie you will be able to find yourself at different parts of your life in every character. There's something that they do, there's something that they say, there's a way that they are acting and being that you'll be able to see no matter where you are in your Christianity and your, in your walk with Christ, you'll be able to find yourself in the peace. And I think with the grandmother, you, you, you nailed it on the head, is that not only is, uh, does she have other issues of what happened in his past, but yeah, but if he comes in, then there's also a, 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 a detachment from her and she's been this girl's world. And now, you know, she doesn't get to be that anymore. And there's a, a piece of that that's within that. And I think the, the, the actress, Denise Armstrong, um, um, uh, did such a great job in, in uh, 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 living that out and, and bringing all those pieces, uh, the, the, the nuances to, to that character. And uh, so you start finding in every area and every, in every person, their either their identity in Christ or their identity in something or someone else that they didn't know until Thomas Hill came into the story. The other powerful theme that comes through in this movie, of course, is the theme of forgiveness. And as you know, the various characters learn to forgive, particularly um, you know Hannah Scott, the, the the runner, and then of course the grandmother, as they learn to forgive, they find their true identity. Um, Mm-hmm. How important has it been for you in your experience to learn forgiveness? Oh, uh, it, I mean, it's, it's, the, the, it, it only makes you deeper and it makes you realize, because again, I think, like I said before, you get to see the application um, on screen. And while you're, you, while you're walking through the, the role itself and, and, and everything else, you, for me personally, 
it makes you connect with all of the people in your life. It makes you connect with all the things that you've done or, or that's been done to you and all these areas in which you now can see the need. You can see the application. You can see um, uh, the process of, of, of getting all of that forgiveness and that, that, that uh, praying for others and, and all, you know, all of that comes into play. And that's part of the, um, what I love about doing these films is that the growth, not only as an actor, but as a human in our relationship to Christ and, and to the word, um, it's, it's like you're in a, a, a crucible. You're, you're, you're actually being grown because you're doing these roles in a part of this. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a blessing all the way around. Mm, absolutely. Cameron Arnett, we are out of time. Thank you so much for joining us here on The Breakfast Show this morning. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it very much. That was Cameron Arnett from, um, well, an actor with quite a variety of different roles he's been playing, but most recently in the movie Overcomer, which, of course, is available for locally here in uh, Better Books and Foods or any good Christian bookstore or available online right around Australia. Right now, we will continue with the show. We'll be back after this song. You're listening to Faith FM. It's so unusual while it's frightening. Through the mess inside me And you call me out To pull me in You tell me I can start again And I don't need to keep on hiding I'm fully known And loved by you You won't let go No matter what I do and it's not one or the other It's hard truth and ridiculous grace to be known Fully known and loved by you I'm fully known and loved by you It's so like you to keep pursuing It's so like me to go astray Guard my heart with your truth The kind of love that's bulletproof And I surrender to your kindness Oh, I'm fully known And loved by you You won't let go No matter what I do And it's not one or the other It's hard truth Last grace to be known, fully known and loved by you. I'm fully known and loved by you. How real, how wide, how rich, how high is your heart? I cannot find the reasons why you give me so much. How real, how wide, how rich, how high is your heart? Cannot find the reasons why you give me so much I'm fully 
Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.